It's time for the news from Back Home Magazine. Today's news is about food preservation. Our present-day food processing industry has its roots in thousands of years of trying to preserve foods for use at a later time. For example, during winter months after harvest or after a successful hunt for a woolly mammoth that simply couldn't be eaten all at once. Probably the first method utilized was to simply dehydrate meats, fruits, or vegetables in the sun. Once most foods are dried out, bacterial decay and decomposition are slowed dramatically, allowing for relatively long-term storage. Some foods can be eaten dry, like beef jerky, while others can be rehydrated, such as vegetables in making soups. Somewhere in our early history, the use of salt for food preservation became common when someone discovered that packing fish or meat in layers of salt would bring spoilage pretty much to a grinding halt. The salt dehydrates food by drawing water out, plus the salt itself inhibits bacterial decay. When the food was ready to be eaten, it was important to soak the food in water, often several times, not only to rehydrate it, but also to reduce the salt content. In fact, the historical value of salt, used in many societies as money, came from its value as a food preservative, not as a dinner table condiment that we use and abuse today. Another time-honored technique is smoking foods to preserve them, a process that not only extends the storage of foods, but generally adds a distinctive flavor like smoked turkey, hams, bacon, and salmon. The history of canned foods began in the early 1800s when the French government offered a prize of 1,200 francs, big bucks in those days, for the invention of a way to preserve foods for the French army. The prize was won in 1809 for a process using wide-mouthed glass bottles that were corked and heated in boiling water to preserve vegetables, meats, fruits, and milk. The next step came in 1819 with a patent for using steel cans instead of fragile glass bottles. In 1858, an American named John Mason invented the heavy glass jar that could withstand repeated high-temperature processing. It still bears his name in common usage as the Mason jar. Modern frozen foods started with Clarence Birdseye in 1912, when he began freezing fish to keep them fresh. Mr. Birdseye started selling a line of frozen foods in 1930, but he ran into a little problem at first. The problem was that grocers weren't willing to invest in freezers to keep his foods frozen. As a result, his market was pretty limited until the rationing of World War II put severe limitations on the metal used in canned goods. Since his frozen foods were packaged in cardboard and wax paper, not metal, a whole new market was opened up for frozen foods that continues today. The most modern experiment in food preservation is to irradiate food with high-energy radiation to kill bacteria and retard spoilage. 
This process has some technical appeals. It's relatively cheap. But the public's interest has been, at best, limited by the idea of eating food bombarded by radiation. More information about food preservation is available from Back Home Magazine. Our phone number is 800-992-2546 or on the web at backhomemagazine.com. News from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW, Spindale, North Carolina, with support from AirCheck Incorporated on the web at radon.com. Back Home Magazine is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of the old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, I'm Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening. Are you ready for the end of the world? That's right. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit on your community radio station. This is Orda Energy Mon. Treesong couldn't make it today. He has the disease known as frog stuck in throat, otherwise known as <coughs> laryngitis. Um, I think he's probably got it because he's spending a lot of time out at the Occupy Carbondale site. Do you know anything about this? Have you been following the news of the Occupy Wall Street movement? It's actually really going viral and spreading across North America. Their manifesto actually has some good green points in it, complaining, quote, They have poisoned the food supply through negligence and undermined the farming system through monopolization. They have profited off the torture, confinement, and cruel treatment of countless animals and actively hide those practices, end quote. Yes, this is going viral. Occupy Carbondale started last Saturday, and there's actually been somebody there 24-7 since then. Yes, through all the rain and the cold, there has been people out on the corner across from Gaia House at 913 South Illinois Avenue. They've actually 24-7 been there, and twice a day, they have something called an assembly at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., you can come participate in democracy in action. What's the assembly? Well, the assembly is deciding things on, with consensus on what to do to make things better in the world. I actually made it to my first assembly last night, and it was bitter cold, and there was 38 people in a big circle planning and organizing and deciding things to do. If you want to follow the minutes of the assemblies, you may go to OccupyCarbondale.org. They post things there. Um, it is kind of dry, but you can also go to their Facebook. People comment on things there. And, of course, you may show up 11 a.m. or 7 p.m. to see Democracy in Action at the Occupy Carbondale site across from Gaia House. As the 99%ers gather, 1% could make a difference. 
Woody Tosh, author of Slow Money, says go with your wallet. That's right. Invest 1% of your money in local food. Have you thought of that? Well, we still have the farmer's market for, well, over a month to go. It goes till the end of November. So get your chance to go out there every Saturday from 8 a.m. till noon and get your veggies. So vote with your money. Vote just 1% in local foods. How about this news article? Coal is the enemy of the human race. What? I thought the name of our town, Carbondale, meant it was good. Well, according to this article in a respected economics journal called the American Economic Review, coal-fired power is a gigantic, blood-sucking parasite that's enriching a few executives and shareholders at the public expense. That's the takeaway from a new paper titled Environmental Accounting for Pollution in the United States Economy. I didn't know that we actually keep track of pollution in our economy. I mean, that's part of the issue with our economy is our economy is based on, well, the more problems we have, the greater our economy is. Why is that? Because you spend more money when there's a natural disaster. You spend more money when there's more cancers. You spend more money when there's more pollution because you have to clean all that stuff up. So it's pretty interesting. White House delays 2017-2025 fuel economy standards. The nine delay? Well, let's find out. By today, the Department of Transportation and the Environmental Protection Agency were supposed to have proposed a draft for the 2017-2025 corporate average fuel economy that's CAFE law that regulates fuel economy for vehicles sold in the United States. On a side note, did you know that we cannot sell American-made cars in China because China has a higher pollution control standard than we do? Back to the news article. So they were supposed to propose a draft for the new CAFE standards, but that's not happening. Word on the street is that more time is needed to hammer out the details, and the draft should instead be released around end of November. Hopefully it doesn't mean that the target of 54.5 miles per gallon by 2025 will be reduced or otherwise diminished. Reuters writes, quote, The administration would, with a short delay, remain on track to meet its deadline for issuing final rules next July, five years before they actually take effect. That timeline gives the industry room to plan its vehicle mix and make any production or technological changes, end quote. It's certainly not a magical solution, and hopefully by 2025, a very large fraction of vehicles won't run on fossil fuels at all. But it's good to see some movement in the CAFE standards after decades of stagnation. Still, it's always best to walk, bike, Take transit, etc. This news article came from Reuters. So,
Hurricane Irene and extreme weather killed the Northeast pumpkins. So, does that mean no Halloween? The effects of Hurricane Irene are still being felt long after the storm's passing. As we start gearing up for Halloween, it turns out there's a major glitch in the plans, the AP, or the Associated Press, reports. A severe pumpkin shortage. Irene did major damage to farms in the Northeast, destroying hundreds of pumpkin patches. So, predictably, the shortage has led to the doubling of wholesale prices on pumpkins. Well, the ones that survived. And then, make matters worse, unusually heavy rains delayed the planting of pumpkins in the first place, reducing the number that would have been harvested in time for Halloween. So, bottom line, crazy weather might cancel Halloween. So, this looming crisis begs the question, will we have to cancel Halloween? Will What will the holiday be without carving jack-o'-lanterns and knocking back pumpkin spice margaritas? How much will people be willing to pay for a pumpkin? More importantly, is there something behind all this bizarre We know that climate change is the cause of hurricanes like but it does make them stronger. Virginia. You can actually go there, air up your tires, um, and it's got a whole bunch of tools on tables, so, you know, people don't steal the tools. And even better, it's got a waterproof little booklet on how to do a lot of the basic repairs. So I want to know if anybody wants or is interested in building one of these It's a bike fixing station, and it consists of a variety of tools screwdrivers, along with a hand-operated air pump. Cyclists can hang their bikes on the station, you know, literally pick the bike up and put the bike over so you can work on it. If anybody's interested, please send me an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. I would be very much interested in building one of these bicycle repair stations. We'd have to figure out where to put it, but imagine having one where people can just tear up their tires and do simple repair just anywhere around town. We'll be there. We'll be right back with the energy tip of the week.
your work. That's eight hours. Or you turn it down the whole time you're sleeping. That's eight hours. So if you just turn it down one degree for eight hours a day, that is equivalent of 3% off of your energy bill. Well, why would you do this? Well, save money while barely changing the temperature in your place? I don't know. Maybe because it's too simple. <laughs> Holidays. Today, we are celebrating October 21st. October 21st is National... Let me see if I can pronounce this right. I know I'm going to number Mammography Day. Save the Tata. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Day. It's a special day for education and information about preventing breast cancer for female men. During the month of October, we need to bring out this actual offer discounted for free mammograms. Today is National Awareness Day. I want to get the SOB who made the word stuttering a word that you have to say when you can't speak correctly. I mean, you have to tell someone, sorry, I can't speak correctly because I stutter. stutter. So, and I'm not making fun of people. I have a speech impediment. I have a hard time speaking a lot of words. So, um, tomorrow is International Stuttering Awareness Day. It's also Make a Difference Day and the anniversary of the World's End Day. What? How can you have the anniversary of the World's End? It, well, maybe this is why. Tomorrow is the birthday of Timothy Leary. He's caused the world to end a few times. Sunday. Mother-in-law day and national mold day. Scorpio begins on Sunday. And Sunday is TV talk show host day. Um, yeah, I don't know if they really need a day. They kind of talk every day. Monday, United Nations day and the UN World Development Information Day. Independence day in Zambia. Tuesday, Sourest Day. The birthday of Pablo Picasso, Wednesday. Mule Day. I actually grew up in uh, southern Tennessee, and we would have a festival called Mule Day every day, every year around October, and people would actually ride their mules or mule trains to a small town called Columbia in Tennessee for Mule Day. So, and it was always, I always remember it being pretty cold. Well, obviously, because someone picked the date. Um, Thursday is Cranky Coworkers Day and the anniversary of the New York City subway. The birthday of President Theodore Roosevelt and Independence Day in Turkmenistan. We will be right back with the community events. We have a lot of stuff on the calendar. Community events. Our community is happening. It's the beginning of the cool season. 
International Coffee Hour every Friday from 3 to 5 at the Northwest Annex Building B, mixed with students and people from all over the world. Now, next Friday happens to be the last Friday of the month. Do people remember what that means? Well, it means that critical mass happens. You remember what critical mass is? Critical mass is when people get on a bunch of bicycles and ride around town. Well, it happens to be Halloween. What does that mean? Well, it means critical mass happens with a lot of people wearing costumes getting on bicycles. Now, visualize 100-plus people on bicycles dressed in all manner of weird and unusual costumes. Yes, that is the Halloween critical mass. Meets 5.30 in front of the student center. Costume theme, of course. Tonight... Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinner, which happens every Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Guy House Interface Center, 913 South Illinois Avenue in Carbondale. Well, tonight, the theme is Northern Chinese. Chinese food, especially the northern style, can't leave soybeans out. Soy sauce, Jing Yu, is made of fermented soybeans, same as bean face, jenny, and not so familiar to most Americans, jenny is a thick, pitch black sauce for noodles or cooking. It's surprising how fermented soybeans can boost flavors. There's also tofu, of course, in Chinese pronounced dofu, which is made of grounded and boiled soybeans with the finishing touch of solidifying the bean soup with a very benign chemical catalyst. Long ago, in feudal times, divided by shifting dynasties, common Chinese farmers treasured every grain of their crop, and they had to. That might explain why simple soybeans have so many varieties on top of the general patience and instructions required for cooking. So we're going to use all these different forms of soybeans to add some of our magic to our daily cooking and get a taste of rich and sweet, typical northern Chinese food. Slow food dinner every Friday, 6 to 9 p.m. at the Gaia House Interface Center. What else is happening on Friday? Well, we just have two more Fridays of this happening. The Carbondale Community Friday Night Fair. This is at the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion. It features a farmer's market, live music, a food court, and tons of activities for kids. People enjoy coming out to the fair to shop for all kinds of unique art and produce and just to relax and enjoy community. That's the Carbondale Community Friday Night Fair. I mentioned the Farmer's Market. I will reiterate, every Saturday from 8 until noon on the west side of town in Carbondale, the Farmer's Market through the end of November. On Saturday, the Vigil for Peace, Saturday, now for more than 10 years, ever since the before the Iraq War started, noon to 1 p.m., corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale, sponsored by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois. Now, something unique is happening on Saturday. The Sustainable Living Expo, slexpo.org, 
I highly recommend going to that website because you're going to need to see the over 100, I don't know, I'm making the number up, but there is pages and pages of workshops on everything to do with growing your own food, taking care of the land, home energy efficiency, buying locally and saving money, surviving natural disasters. I mean, on and on and on. And the best part, it's free. Free open to the public, anybody can come, that is t tomorrow from 9 till 4 at the Dixon Springs Ag Center, slxpro.org. Now mark your calendars for October 24th, what is that, Monday? At the Law School Auditorium at 7 p.m., the Arab Spring and its impact on U.S. foreign policy. On UN Day, UN meaning United Nations Day, October 24th, they will be commemorating the 66th anniversary of the founding of the United Nations. Very excited to have Deborah Brown, a Leo Navis Human Rights Fellow who comes from the United Nations Association USA in New York, all the way to Carbontail, to give the UN lecture and speak to us on the Arab Spring and its impact on U.S. foreign policy. That is October 21st at 7 p.m. at the Law School Auditorium. Next Thursday, Ralph Anderson Interfaith Dialogue at the St. Francis Xavier Church Next Thursday, October 27th at 7.30 p.m., the subject will be Your Faith and the Impact of September 11th. They plan to have five participants sharing experiences, including a first responder. More information about the panel could be forthcoming if you contact Ken Starbuck at 942-3986. There will be a Carbondale Interfaith Council potluck at 6.30 preceding the dialogue. Again, St. Francis Xavier Church, Thursday, October 27th at 7.30 p.m. Also next Thursday at 7 p.m., the Science Cafe at the Science Center. They present, quote, how do ideas become inventions and then commercial products, end quote. Chemist John, SIU Vice Chancellor for Research and Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry, whoa, will discuss the process of an idea from his laboratory to the development of a product marked commercially, marketed commercially. The Science Center is located in the University Mall, and the mission to the Science Cafe is free and everybody is welcome. Come early and enjoy a free cup of coffee. Next Friday at 6 p.m., Harvest of Hope Fall Dinner, Benefit for Good Samaritan Ministries at The View Church next Friday, October 28th. You must call 457-5794. Or 713-0895 to reserve your tickets. A silent auction and a 50-50 raffle will also be held. The benefit is for the Good Samaritan Ministries. 
And I don't know if you've been reading the paper recently, but Good Samaritan got a good big chunk of their money cut out of their budget. What does that mean? Well, it means that we must step up to keep the support going for Good Samaritan Ministries. Please keep your communities appraised of the continuing support needed for Good Samaritan Ministries. Like many of the agencies that serve the disadvantaged in this strained economy, Good Samaritan Ministries is dealing with significant shortages in government funding for the emergency homeless shelter and food pantry as need increases. The staff and board of Good Sam are working hard for creative solutions and will keep you up to date with fundraisers. In the meantime, donations of money and food are greatly appreciated. Thank you for all you do to help those in need in our community. All right. This has been another mildly exciting half hour of your community spirit. I do want to remind you that the Occupy Carbondale group is located across from the Guy House at 913 South Illinois Avenue, and they are trying to be out there 24-7. They are no longer allowed to sleep on site. Apparently, um, the university got on their case and said, no no sleeping. So I wanted to know if that means that if anybody is sleeping in class, can they also be arrested and or expelled? Because essentially that's what the police told um, the protesters if they were sleeping on the ground or fell asleep in the chair, that they would be um, a potentially arrested and go through the process of being expelled from the university if they're a student. Um I was actually there this morning um, around 8 o'clock, and there was um, about a half a dozen people there. But before I had to come to the show here, it dwindled down to um, two people. And the reason it did that, well, everybody had to either go to work or go to class. So it was pretty interesting. We had four people drive by and yelling, get a job. And, well, most people had to leave because they either had a job or had class. So... That was pretty interesting. There was a lot of honks, and two people stopped by to give donations, either of food or one lady stopped by with hand warmers, chemical hand warmers. She said she had gone to the store the last couple days, and every time she went there, they were completely out of them. So um, go to OccupyCarbondale.org, and you can keep track of what is happening there or show up at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. to come participate in Democracy in Action. Have a good day. Stay energized. Why? Because things are happening. 